Welcome to Kingdom Life Church VA Podcast, where we are advancing God's kingdom one life at a time. We pray that wherever you're listening from, that this will encourage, equip, and empower you to also advance the kingdom of God. Here's this week's message. Hallelujah, 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 so praise God. So how did you enjoy last week? Amen. Part one, amen, of Stop Conforming. Amen. Part one of Stop Conforming. Amen. Again, this series, I'm excited about this series. The Lord gave me this series, amen, while I was uh, in the middle of coffee and conversations that we do on Fridays live on Facebook. Uh, I did a message entitled Stop Conforming. And, and while doing that message, um, I believe it came to, to my spirit or, or I made an announcement or I said something like, man, this, this, this may be good for a series. And, um, and, and, and there it is. Because I just thank God for my wife, um, you know, and Coffee and Conversations. I just going to say that because, I mean, we got a lot of messages on Coffee and Conversations that, 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 that could be series, amen. But, um, you know, we want to obey God. And I believe the timing is everything as it relates to what God wants to do in and through our lives. And so stop conforming, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a message. It's a message to the church. That's why I said this message is not for unbelievers, it's for believers. It's a message to the church, amen. It's a message to the church here at Kingdom Life, but also abroad. It's a message to the church that it's time for us as believers, those that love the Lord, those that name the name of the Lord, who call out to him, amen, to stop conforming. It's time for us to be what the book says we can be. Amen. To walk in what the book says we can walk in. It's just it's time out for us being fickle, up and down, roller coaster Christians. But it's time for us to walk consistently with the Lord. Are you hearing me? Are there any other believers in the house this morning? I said walk consistently with the Lord. Now, again, you may be uh, new in the things of God. You're new in the faith. I'm going to say this every week because... Uh, when I talk about being offended, I, I'm saying, you know, when I, I, I mean really convicted, you know, convicted. Holy Spirit does that. Amen. Holy Spirit does the convicting. We just share messages. If you receive conviction from Holy Spirit, that means there's an area that he is touching that he wants you to do something about. But faith comes by hearing. So if you don't hear anything that challenges you, then you may not receive conviction about it. I mean, it's not that he can't convict you because he can. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so what Holy Spirit would do while, you, while I'm sitting here talking to you is he would talk to you as well. The Lord would talk to you and begin to show you areas of your life that, that he wants you to get involved in to help straighten out. Is that okay? Because he's not going to straighten it out just just uh, because he wants to or because it needs to be straightened out. Do y'all agree with that? You know what I'm saying? I know we can, sometimes, we can be deep sometimes and say God is going to do what he wants to do. Yep, except straighten your life out without your permission. Except straighten your life out without your permission. Is that okay? Have you ever heard that he is a perfect gentleman? All right, he is. He knocks on the door. The devil just kicks it in. Our Lord and Savior, not why? Because he wants you to respond. The enemy don't care. He just wants you to do what he wants you to do. 
So he'll knock a door down. He, I mean, he'll harass you. But our Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit, is a perfect gentleman. He wants you to get involved in your walk with him. Because there's a lot of issues in this room right now, and God knows these issues. And my thing is, why don't he just fix all of them? Exactly. He needs our participation, and he needs our cooperation. And if we don't cooperate with him, then we, we're not going to get to where God is trying to take us. We must cooperate. We must participate. We must cooperate with the Lord. Is that okay? The church has drifted away from God's standards. The church as a whole has drifted away from God's standards. My objective in this series is to wake up the body of Christ again. To wake up the body of Christ again. We're living in dark and dangerous times. Dark and dangerous times. And as believers, we must continue to fortify ourselves against the subtle attacks of the enemy and this wicked generation. I thought I gave y'all that media. Amen. I apologize if I didn't. But, uh, but that's, that's the objective in this series. Um, conform. That word conform also means to comply with rules or standards or laws. To comply with rules, standards, or laws. One thing I, I love about this ministry is that it's a teaching ministry. And, and when you're teaching, it gives people an opportunity to digest information so that they can grow or they can apply this thing, these words to their life, amen, so that we can walk out and be what God has called us to be. Sometimes people talk too fast and we, and we miss a lot of stuff. You understand? And, and we miss what God is trying to do in our life sometimes. So, again, this message is a clarion call for all backsliders. I'm calling you back into the kingdom today. If you're a backslider online or in here right now, I'm calling you back into the kingdom. What is a backslider? Somebody that's slidden back. No, it was not. <laughs> Somebody who has turned away from the things of God. There's nothing wrong. You understand? Don't, don't look at it like it's a bad word, even though things can happen seriously when we turn away from God. So we're saying we're just calling you back. You know, sin is just missing the mark. We're calling you back into the kingdom. We want you to come back into the fold, to get back in right standing. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's nothing to feel shame about. It's nothing to feel like, hey, I'm, like I'm being called out or anything like that. I mean, God already knows what's going on in your life. He's waiting for you to respond to what he already knows. He already knows. So we're calling backsliders back in. We're calling the lukewarm back in, carnal Christians. We're lukewarm. We're asking you just to make a decision, whether you're going to be hot, whether you're going to be cold. You understand? But that mixture is not working. That mixture is not working. Scripture says in the book of Revelation, God said, I'm going to spew you out my mouth. I'd much rather you be hot or cold. But lukewarm, lukewarm Amen. Meaning, let's catch on fire for God. If I'm going to be hot, let's be hot. If you can be cold, be cold. But don't be in the middle. Don't be in the middle. Don't, don't, don't serve God half-heartedly. Serve him wholeheartedly. Give God all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength, all of you. Give it all to God. Don't hold anything back from the Lord. Carnal Christians are Christians that deny the word of God. They're flesh-led believers. We're gonna, I'm going to show you a lot of scriptures that, that's going to deal with everything I'm talking about. 
I'm just kind of giving you some head, some headwinds, some head, you know, trying to so you can kind of prepare yourself. You know what I'm saying? You know, adjust your your seatbelt. You know, tighten it up, loosen it, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Reposition your seating and how you're going to listen because God wants to speak to you this morning. There's a fierce war going on, a war, a battle between the flesh and the spirit, a battle going on with every born-again believer. Why is the battle going on? Because the enemy wants to stop you from succeeding in the very thing God has called you to do in the earth. And so he uses distractions. He uses people placing things. He uses all kind of things just to try to get you out of the will of God. We're talking about a devil. We're talking about an adversary, a man who was a heavenly being created by God. Amen. He's very subtle. He's very slick. He's very crafty. You understand? Our adversary. Some people don't believe there's a devil. Some people don't believe that churches should talk about him. Amen. I'm not magnifying the devil. But I promise you, if you act like he don't exist, he will. He loves you. He, he's real, saints. He's a real adversary. And so we have to talk about this adversary so that people understand that when, when hap, what's happening in their lives could, very, could be spiritual warfare. And that, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about, amen, as well. We're gonna, all that's going to be incorporated in this series. But again, I want to say this again, it's strictly for believers. From the pulpit, from where I'm standing to where you're sitting. And to those that are watching online, this series for, is for all believers, amen. No one is exempt, not even pastors. I am not exempt from living by the book. I am not exempt. I don't have a pastor's edition of the Bible where I, have to, where I can live a different way than you. Now, I have a different assignment than you. I have a different, um, I have a different operation than you, amen, because of what I've been called to. But, uh, but I still have to live by the book. Amen? So that's why it's for everybody. Glory to God. And uh, so, and uh, do not forget that there is a spiritual component to your human experience. You ready to go in the Word? Let's look at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Boy, they love the Word. Romans chapter 12. We're going to look at verse 1 through 2. This is the Living Bible. The Living Bible. It says, And so, dear brothers, and so, dear brothers, I plead with you. Last week we read, I beseech you. That was the King James, the new King James. I beseech you. I urge you. I beg you. Now Paul is pleading with you. I plead with you. I plead with you. I am pleading with you to give your bodies to God. Wow, we could just stop right there. As believers, I'm pleading with you to give your bodies to God. Now, I've given my body to the world. I gave my body to all kinds of folk, amen. But when I got saved almost 29 years ago, amen, next month, amen, I'll let you know when the date come, amen. You know, 29 years ago, amen, I gave my body to, to sex. I gave my body to sin. I gave my body to lust. I gave my body to pride and arrogance and evil, amen. But the Bible, when I read the scripture, now the Bible is instructing me and telling me, me now who to give my body to. Give your body to God. Let them be a living sacrifice, holy, the kind he can accept. God is looking for a holy sacrifice, 
when you think of what he's done for you, is this too much to ask? Thinking of all that the Lord has done, all that he's done. When you think back over my life, you know what I'm saying? When I look back and think things over, you know what I'm saying? See, see when you look back, you can thank God for all that he's done. God said your reasonable service, your reasonable service is that you will give your body, your entire body to him. He purchased you with his own blood. You belong to him now. Your body don't belong to you. It's like a marriage. My wife's body belongs to me. What would it look like she's sharing her body with others? What would it look like me sharing my body with others? When you're in covenant with somebody, when you're in covenant, you don't get to just share your body with anybody. Why? Because there is a covenant involved. So is this too much to ask? Verse 2 says, don't copy. Don't copy. Don't cop. Don't be a copycat. Don't, don't do it. Don't copy what? I got to underline the behavior. Meaning don't act like the world. Don't copy the behavior. Listen, and the customs, things that they do regularly. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of the world. Why? Because if you copy the, the behaviors and the customs of this world as a believer, you may fall into one of the earlier categories I was talking about. Lukewarm, carnal, or backslidden. Talking about believers. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but be a new and different person with a fresh newness in all you do and think. Then you will learn from your own experience how his ways will really satisfy you. A lot of times we're not giving our, we're, we're not giving God a chance to transform our lives. We're not giving God an opportunity to transform our lives. Like I heard Brother Martin say earlier, how he, how he sought the Lord. And he was compelled to go the extra mile with the Lord because of something he was believing God for. We need to pursue God like that. Go after God so that God can begin to share with us areas of our life that don't please him. Areas of our lives where we have been copying the customs and the behaviors of this world. And, and guess what? Now that we're in the kingdom, there are some things that God wants to shave off of us. There are some layers that need to be peeled back. Amen. There are some things that, that you would, when we were in the world, when we were slaves of sin, we were free in regard to righteousness. Meaning, I ain't have to serve the Lord. I'm a sinner. I didn't go to church. I didn't go to prayer meetings. I didn't go to revivals. You couldn't catch me at the men's meeting when I was in sin. Amen. But now I'm in the kingdom now. 
And that's why people have to be taught. See, now I'm sharing kingdom with you. This is some of the things we need to do when we come into the kingdom now. I'm not in the world no more. I've called on Jesus. He saved my soul. So now I need to learn how to live as a kingdom citizen. Where before I, li I lived as a peasant. I lived as somebody outside the kingdom. A pauper. But now I'm in the kingdom now. I serve a king. There are privileges that I have now. There are benefits that I have. I don't want to mess that up like the prodigal son did. You know what I'm saying? We got all this money, got all this inheritance, and, you know, and I thank God he came to himself. Man, what will happen when we come to ourselves? Came to, he came to himself. Hey, man, y'all in Baltimore hanging tight, too, I see. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm seeing right here. Like, what's happening over in this area, you know? <laughs> Come on, say this with me. Oh, no, yeah, say this with me. Say, I am not, I am not conformed, conformed to this world. Say it again. I am not, I am not conformed, conformed to this world. Hey, man, that's good, y'all. That's good. But we're living in a, a generation where there's so much compromise and so much conforming. And in many cases, we're confusing the world and other believers because of double standards. Double standards. The Christians over here do this. The Christians over there do that. This denomination do this. That denomination do this. I mean, what is it? it, it the church looks divided. I mean, it's only one book the last I heard. We only have 66 books in, that's in, engulfed in one book called the Bible. And all of us use the same book. Why do we have so many different avenues and different things we're supposed to do? You know why? Because man gets involved. Man gets involved with their own rules and their own regulations and begin adding things to the Bible that if we just teach the word of God, man, I, t I promise you we'll be good. But so many believers, amen, so many Christians, so many denominations, amen, have changed their minds, but God didn't change his. Just because the world and society is doing something doesn't mean the kingdom should be doing it. Why? Because we're not of the world. We're in it, but we're not of it. We should not be acting like the world. Is that okay? Yeah. God did not call us out for us to remain the same. Listen, saints, you know why? Because the enemy is after, he's after us, he's after our children, and he's after our grandchildren. He is after us, he's after our children, he's after our grandchildren. So because, in our case, I don't have any grandchildren yet, I do have children, so first he's after my wife and I, then he's after my children, and then he's after the grandchildren who are not even here yet. So what should we do as parents? What should we do as believers? What should we do? We should live holy lives. Why? Because we need to first impact our children. If I'm going to impact the grandchildren, I first must impact the children. Because the enemy is after our children. Amen. First he's after us, so once we get straight, you understand? Then we need to look now, we need to help the kids get straight. By being a model, by being an example that they can follow. Teaching them about prayer, teaching them about love, teaching them about forgiveness, teaching them about honor, teaching them about respect, teaching them about integrity. 
but walking it out before them so they can see it, so they can see the model. It's easy to follow a pattern when you can see it in front of you. But when you don't have a model, when you don't have a pattern, you don't know which way to go. I don't know which, I don't know which direction to go in. And the children are lost because they don't know who to follow. And guess what? Then they go to the street. Well, let me follow this brother. He's a leader. Well, let me follow this sister. Let me follow this entertainer. Let me follow this gangbanger. Let me follow, let me follow this popular artist. Why? Because everybody wants to be led. Everybody is following somebody. Come on, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Y'all okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to read verses 3 through 6. Didn't come to be deep. Familiar scriptures. Familiar scriptures. It says, for though we what? Walk in the flesh. Each of us are fleshly human beings. Now, me being human is not an excuse not to live for the Lord. I'm just human, pastor. Yeah, me too. But how do you get a pass to live unholy and I can't? Well, you're the pastor and you're a believer. <laughs> it's like being at a job where, you're, where your supervisor is not following the rules of the organization. You work for somebody who doesn't follow the rules of the organization. That, that's a picture of what a pastor could look like who's not following the rules of the organization. So you look at the supervisor, you look at the pastor, and you expect them to, to, to follow the rules, but yet you're going to break all of them. How long will you be at that job if the, if the supervisor or director or the leader is doing right and you're not? How much, how much grace you think they're going to extend to you, amen, before you're fired? Why? For not completing or not doing what's required. Not, that's right, for not applying what was needed. That's right. So in the kingdom, it's the same thing. Yes, it's okay that your pastor should be living right. Your pastor shouldn't be in a sin. Your pastor shouldn't be hoeing and whoring. Your pastor shouldn't be doing none of those things. But neither should you. Why? Because we are all believers. We all answer the we all serve one king. We all serve one Lord. There is one baptism. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. There, there, there are satanic attacks waged against us as believers. But we don't fight like the world. We don't fight like this culture. We don't do it like we used to do it. You know, somebody come and get you, now you're ready to roll up or call your boys, let's go beat them down. You understand? And, and uh, you know, shoot at them, whatever. You know what I'm saying? No, that's what I'm saying. We, if we can change the heart of men, we can change a generation. But, but the chances of men changing are slim to none if in the house is not changed. Or if there's nobody around them that's changed. 
or they have no access to somebody that's walking different, talking different, looking different. All they got is what they see. All the music is telling them how they should treat people. All the music is telling them how they should respect women. All the music is telling them how they should look at life in this life. All these secular artists are modern day preachers who are pouring out ungodly messages into the ears of our loved ones. Oh, that music don't bother me. Oh, ain't nobody doing that because no music pastor. Okay. I ain't been saved all my life. I listen to songs like N.W.A. I'm just going to say this. Now, this is going to sound like a cuss word because we don't use this word in the house. It's not a cuss word, but I never used it, and I, raised, I didn't raise my kids on it. So to me, it's a cuss word. I never use it. But N.W.A. was niggas with an attitude. Now, I don't use that word in my house at all, at all. But when, I went, when we went to beef with guys on other blocks, when we was locked and loaded, we would pump up a song called Die, Nigga. And while we riding, the beat is so off the chain. I'm ready to kill anything walking. That's all you got to do is say something wrong. And we're not going to stop popping. David, when Saul was tormented, by an evil spirit, David, the psalmist, sat before King Saul and he played a harp. Hold on, David. Why are you bringing a harp to a demonic fight? He was being tormented by devils and you're going to bring an instrument? What you doing with your instrument? He played something. It was anointed because of who was playing it, he played something that caused the demons to flee out of a king. What in the world is being played in our children today? What are they opening their ears up when we got folks shooting heroin getting songs, smoking weed getting songs, you know what I'm saying, smoking crack, tapping into demonic spirits to get messages from the demonic and then they're singing it and what they're doing is poisoning your family through music. Can we just be real in the church? Can we stop acting like stuff don't affect the community? We can, can we stop acting like our community and our culture ain't jacked up? and need major help, but somebody got to do something about it. First, we got to say something about it. Oh, it ain't no big deal. No, it's a big deal. And now, more and more, we seeing these strange artists come out, looking all demonic, looking like they worshiping Satan himself. And we just looking over it. Oh no, it's just, it's just the arts. Whose arts? Let me tell you who arts it is. 
because some of the stuff that they're getting in touch with is from our ancestors. You think, I know we black and we beautiful and we all of that, but we was worshiping idols. I thank God he rescued me and brought me out of a land that was worshiping idols and put me in a land. And yes, I may have went through some bad things, but I thank God I'm where I need to be because I can get back in touch with him. He brought us here to save you, to rescue you. Talking to ancestors is demonic. Your loved one is going to be with the Lord. The dead is not alive. They're not alive. It's a familiar spirit. It's not your loved one. It's a demon. And we'll open the doors. Oh, did you sense that wind right there? That was grandma. That wasn't grandma. Don't you know what the scripture said? What do you mean? That's not grandma. Don't be tricked and fooled because you'll start, that's right, don't be deceived because you'll start opening yourself up to demonic entities. Familiar spirits have been watching you all your life, studying you. We're not here to conform, saints, but we're here to be transformed. We've been on the other side. See, what you, what you do in moderation, your children would do in access. What you can handle, this generation cannot handle because when we came up, we were living by different rules. There was, it was a difference. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have media. We didn't have all these influencers. So they're up against far more than we were ever up against. And we're going to water down a word? We rushing to get out of church? We can't be on time? We can't come to church? We don't have no customs no more. Nothing is off the table. We do what we want to do when we want to do it. And then our children don't even know if church is something we should be attending or not. Why? Because we're so inconsistent. I don't know if this is where we're supposed to be going or not. Why? My mommy don't come. Our parents sent us to church for years, but they didn't come. And so home looked different than what it looked like. You understand? I didn't learn anything anyway. I don't remember nothing. But it wasn't modeled in the home. It's not a put down to my family. They did the best they could with what they, do with, with what they knew. See, what we got to stop doing is lying. Because you can't never change something you keep hiding behind a lie. You jacked up, you jacked up. Your life ain't right, your life ain't right. Be honest, repent, turn around so we can get it right. Verse 4, let's move on. For the web, ain't no way it's 14 minutes yet. Y'all robbed me of my time. Oh, man, hey, come on, man, hold on. No, I'm serious, man. Ain't no way, man, ain't no way. All right, okay, anyway. Uh, for though we, oh no, I'm sorry, verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Our weapons are not fleshly weapons. They're not worldly weapons. Because we're talking about spiritual warfare, you know, cursing don't affect the devil. Cursing don't affect the devil. Putting the gun out don't affect the devil. 
You know what I'm saying? You can't stab the devil. It's spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. So our weapons are not fleshly or worldly weapons, but they are mighty. Ooh, Jesus. They are powerful. Oh, my goodness, man. You know, think about like, like men in black, for example. You know what I'm saying? Men in black, they don't have, you know, that's kind of what came to my mind. I'm thinking about like, you know, like a, 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 a weapon that would take an alien out. When we get, <laughs> I know, when we get weapons from God, you know what I'm saying, our weapons are so powerful that we can demolish, you understand, this unseen enemy. Because our natural weapons won't work with this unseen enemy. So, so the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for what? Pulling down strongholds. Or listen, demolishing strongholds. You know, strongholds could be lies that are set up in our minds. Another word for stronghold is fortress. A stronghold could be a fortress that we're locked in. The fortress that we're locked in. What it does is it prevents the knowledge of God from entering in and staying with you. God's knowledge. It prevents that. So the stronghold is set up so you can stay in your own state of mind and not repent and not surrender to what God wants to do in your life. They're lies. It's a fortress of wrong thinking where the demonic can launch attacks from within. You know what I'm saying? See, see, and, and you know when there's a stronghold because of when you're listening to messages or when you're reading the word of God. You can look around and you can see how the enemy is trying to attack you from within through thoughts. A spirit of suggestion is who he is. Yeah. When the flesh is in control of a believer's life, demons are given access or they're given space in our minds. That's why we can't walk around in the flesh as believers because if we live flesh-led lives, it's an opening for the demonic to exist and set strongholds up in our mind, in our flesh. That's going to war against us when we're trying to live for God and do, the, and do godly things. Are you hearing that? So verse 5 says this. It says casting down. So, so, so we're pulling down strongholds. Then we're casting down arguments or some translations say imaginations. Casting down arguments. Arrogant or rebellious ideas or thinking. These arguments are set up in our mind. They're set up in our flesh. Amen. And, and this is where the war is going on in our life. That's why we have to deal with the flesh. Don't appease the flesh, you understand, or feel like something is being taken away from you when you live spirit-led lives. I'm tired of listening to my flesh anyway. Man, dude ain't do nothing good for me. You know what I'm saying? Try to kill me. I mean, try to get me out here quicker. That's all he tried to do. Flesh is lost in it, man. You can't trust this, this, this person, this thing. Casting down arguments in every high thing 
that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, casting down arguments or imaginations or every high thing, every time pride tries to, 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 to show its ugly head, you cast it down. Are you not? No, you're not. So when I'm reading the word of God and I'm getting these, these scriptures and I'm, and I'm meditating on the word of God and I'm praying, I'm seeking the Lord and I'm going about my life and then I get this crazy thought. What do you do with it? You know what I'm saying? Because the enemy can make something so compelling sometimes that if you meditate on it long enough, all he needs is your attention. Oh, you like that? He'll put some good in front of you that you like. Like, oh, and, and listen, while you're looking at her or him, you'll be like, you like that? Oh, look how she's doing it. Look how she's shaking. Oh, man, you like that color too, don't you? Devil talking. You think it's you. He's setting up shop. Why? Because you're in agreement with him. You're listening to him. You're leaning toward his words. Instead of time, you may have saw it like, okay, and heard something, and I cast down that thought. Devil, you a liar. That's my sister. You understand? Cast it down. I pulled down that imagination. I, I cast down that thought. We got to teach the word, man. Thank you. We got to teach the word. And people have to apply this to my life. You may not think, I mean, what are you going to do? I already told you you can't use a gun or a knife. How are you going to get the thought down? These are spiritual things. These are spiritual principles. But you may say, I don't take all that. Ain't nobody doing that. Okay. All right. <laughs> we check you out later. Oh, it's going to show up in your life. If you don't deal with this stuff, it's going to show up in your life. You got to deal with it. Oh, it's going to deal with you talking to believers. Unbelievers done if we don't get them into the kingdom. They're done if we don't get them into the kingdom, y'all. Yeah. So bringing every thought into captivity. Bringing every thought into captivity. Capturing that thought. Bringing every thought into captivity to the what? Obedience of Christ. Bringing that down. Every lie that's against the word. Every time a rebellious thought or idea or arrogant thought or idea try to come up, who he think he is? I put my pants on like him. You don't put your pants on like me. You don't know how I put my pants on because you ain't there. I may roll off the bed and put mine on. I may jump up and put one on at one time and jump and do the other one. You don't put your pants on like me. But what I'm saying is when you hear thoughts like that, you got to do something about it. Because that thought is trying to sow something in your heart that if you don't deal with it, it can, shut up, it can set up shop in your life. And now you're looking funny at people. But you don't know the devil is so slick, man. This, he, he just, he'll, talk, he, he'll be talking to both parties. He wants you to destroy each other. He wants you to kill each other. He will give you the drugs and then tell the police you got it. I'm talking about the devil. He will give you a thought to go rob somebody and then tell the people you robbed to kill you. Kill him. Don't let him do you like that. Uh-uh, uh-uh. You see what he did with you? Everybody know it now. Get him. This is the thoughts of the enemy. How are we going to deal with these thoughts? How are we going to deal with these arguments and these things that's coming in our head? Man, we got a lot of mental issues today. You know, you didn't hear about all these mental problems back in the days. It was scattered. Now, we're dealing with a real devil. 
we're dealing with spiritual warfare. Not that people don't have mental, that, that people can't have mental problems. But I mean, it's, I mean, great day. It's like off the chart. But you know why? Because the devil, the adversary, is working. And if we don't do something with him, then we're going to accept everything people tell us. Because when I look through the word, amen, I see a lot of stuff happening in the Bible, amen, and Jesus dealt with different things. Everything ain't a devil, but everything ain't a, ain't, ain't a sickness or disease either. Some of this stuff is demonic warfare. So we need to figure out what it, was, what it is. Everybody just need to look in the mirror when they get home and cast the devil out. Let's make sure there ain't no demonic activity happening, and then we can go from there. Get bold and look yourself in the mirror and cast the devil out of you. Then we go from there and see what, what, you know what I'm saying, if you really believe that, you believe in casting out devils and all that, and you believe you're a believer, you know what you can do, then do it. Mess around, be jumping around, running around after that, like, oh my goodness, what the world? Well, don't need these no more. Don't need that no more. I mean, the Bible says the man walked around in his right mind. He was cutting himself in the graveyard. He was messed up. They say he was a lunatic. But then when Jesus finished with him, they say he was clothed in his right mind. Now, now you scared. Why are you scared of dude in his right mind? Now you, now you like, hold on. Hold on. You, no, you should. <laughs> and the boy, the world is so backwards. Killing Jesus for doing good and wanting to save the robber. See, this is the, this is the wickedness of this world. Give us Barabbas. Are we going to do with Jesus, the one that, that opened blind eyes and fed the 4,000, the 5,000, and, 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 and did all these miracles and immaculate things? And for, what do we want to do with him? Crucify him. Well, what has he done? Crucify him. Well, the blood is not on my hand. Let it be on us and our children. You hated that good man so like that to that level. You got that much hate in your heart that you will pronounce a curse over your own life and your children. We have to deal with this devil. But we have to stop conforming because every time we conform, we're inviting the enemy in. I can't tolerate him. Do whatever you got to do, man. We were anoint our kids every single day, every day for years. I would anoint the entire family in the house. We anointed all the walls, everything before we got in the house, prayer the house and all that, but then we anoint the family every day. And I'm telling you, man, I mean, God, when God sees you operating by faith, because he's saying, so he, that's saying you trust him. And when you do stuff like that, the other people are like, man, what are you doing, man? That's, that's Crisco. What are you doing with the Crisco? <laughs> what are you doing with the vegetable oil? Come on, I need some of that. I got to cook some. Where are you going with the vegetable oil? <laughs> Where are you going with the oil? What was the other one Start with a P was the one we used to use? No, it wasn't peanut oil. It was a small bottle. Yeah, Palmanian. That's what it was. Oh, that was my oil right there. I, put that, I go put that oil in a dark place. I go pray over it first and I ask God to 
touch it and change it from its natural state to a supernatural state. And we ain't go to the priest and do everything the Old Testament people did and all that. But we believe God. We believe in anointing oil. We believe in laying hands on the sick and they shall recover. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit being in operation today. The goal is to bring every disobedient thought into the obedience of Christ and be ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is being fulfilled. Come on, repeat this after me. Say, I close, I close. every door that was open because of wrong ideas, bad attitudes, tradition, and lies. I close the door in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Come on, Galatians 5 real quick. Let me do this. Yeah, Galatians 5. Can I, can I do these last two scriptures we go home? Is that okay? Can y'all handle some more? Y'all ready now? What y'all want me to do? One more? Two, three more? Okay, two more. No, I just joke. Just two. Just two. I ain't going to say three. Two. Just two. We, let's do two. Let's do two. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 6. 16. You already there? Don't get ahead of me now. Great day. Okay, that's fine though. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6 says, So I say, so I say, let Holy Spirit, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. And I'm just going to read this. I may share some commentary, but I'm just going to read it because it's going to be self-explanatory. That's why I said if you just read the Bible, the Bible will speak to you. The Bible will tell you what you should do. We don't have to always add a whole lot of commentary. Sometimes we do. Amen. But, but let's just read it. It says, so I say, let, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. See? See how, see, how that, see how that works? The sinful nature wants to do evil. The sinful nature, our flesh, our body, listen, it wants to be, do evil. You hear me, young people? Your sinful nature, your flesh, it wants to do evil or it wants to do wrong all the time. Be confused that you're walking in the spirit if you are indeed fulfilling the lust of your flesh. You're not walking in the spirit. You're walking, walking, meaning practicing. I ain't say I just did something. Oh, Lord, please forgive me, Lord Jesus. I mean, we got pastors now saying sex before marriage is, is, uh, is not a sin. Pastors. Pastors. And then the dude asked him again to get some clarity, said, uh, Hold on, are you sure? I am 100% sure that the Bible does not say sin or sex outside of marriage is a sin. And then I found about, I mean, just off the top without even trying to research, I just, I, I just, I just had like three, four scriptures just roll off me like that. Like, hold on, bro. But see, the dude young. My first thought is, man, who is this pastor? How in the heck? So you telling me with that one time when I slipped with my wife, you understand, where I, where I cried like a baby because I felt like I broke the heart of God when we had sex before, marriage, before we got married. And I, and I just, man, I felt like I just, I mean, I just, I felt so bad because I broke God's heart and I cried like a baby and then told her we would never do this again until we get married. You telling me I could have kept having sex? What are pastors teaching today? 
we can disagree on certain things, but some stuff is just, man, like, come on, man. You want your church big that bad? Do you really see, see these last couple of weeks? I'm gonna deal with I'm gonna deal with the wolves that come in the church. And this leading right up to it. This leading right up to it. Just seeing that last night, like, what the world? Just giving me more material for my message. We got to wake up, saints. That's why we're saying stop conforming. Because you got to go home and open this book up for yourself. See, back in the days when we had electronics, all of us carried our Bibles to church. And we followed the pastor. What, what, you know what I'm saying? Some of y'all don't even know where the scripture's located because you're dialing them in so much. But if you need to find it, could you be able to find it or locate it for yourself? Bibles to no Bibles. From the church to them being in the church to us passing out Bibles to no Bibles. You think the devil don't have a plan? I'm at home doing my reading plan. I read my Bible. I use my paper. This, I cut this electronic off and put it up under the counter and let it plug up to next week. I don't go, I don't be on here for nothing. This is what I'm in every day. Reading every single day. Searching the scriptures every single day. We have to be like the Bereans and get in this word and find out what the scripture's saying. Can I keep reading? Thank y'all. Oh, that stuff just, I mean, my heart go out to him. I, I mean, I, I don't hate him. I love him. But somebody got to say something, right? Because now it makes people go search. He said this, and he said that. Okay, well, let me go find out. Let me Google. Let me. Okay, anyway. All right. <laughs> Where did I leave off? I didn't read that yet? Gotcha. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. They're different desires. Sin, the sinful nature gives us a desire. Our spirit gives us a different desire. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Your sinful side of you is trying to stop you from doing good. You want to do good. You really do. But the sinful nature is trying to stop you and is doing everything it can to stop you from doing good. You have great intentions, but great intentions not going to get it done. Verse 18, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. So we're done with the demands of the law when we're in the Spirit. Not that I'm going to break rules, I can just disobey the law. No, I'm not under the law when I'm in the Spirit. Why? Because the things I'm going to do in the Spirit is not going to bring me up under the law. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature 
or the flesh, the results are very clear. So these are the works of the flesh. We don't hear these a lot in church, but I'm going to read it today. Amen. I'm going to read it today. The first one is sexual immorality. Number one. I mean, dudes say, I mean, what is sexual immorality? So I could, have, I could be sexually immoral as a, as a husband, and I could be sexually immoral as a single person, which means that sex before marriage is immoral. Both of them are immoral. But it ain't a sin, according to Homeboy Online. And the quickest way to get out of sin is get right. I loved her so much I wanted to marry her. We messed up. And guess what? We moved the date up from March to December. We got married when it was cold outside. Why? Because I love her so much. Did you hear me? I said I love her so much. Yeah, because some people love people so much, but they don't want to do nothing about their love. You cut their sex off, it might change their mind. They might figure out real quick what they want to do. Maybe, well, maybe she ain't doing it. Or maybe she, you know what I'm saying, well, I need to make a decision. Why? Because you ain't jumping in and out of marriage. But you can jump in and out of folk bed all the time. <laughs> Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry. I need 10 weeks. I'm going to have to create another series just to talk about idolatry. I got to deal with it. This is the year I deal with that. Idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. These are all works of the flesh. Selfish ambition, dissensions, division, envy, drunkenness. Oh, drunkenness is not wrong. You have to be drunk. Come on, come on, faster. I like my little drink where the Bible said don't do it. Not the drink, pastor, not the drink. Well, you know, I just drink a little bit because, you know, it's dinner time. I just want a little, you know what I'm saying? I mean, when I drink, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to feel something. I don't know about y'all. I'm trying to get another spirit or something on the inside of me drinking these distilled spirits. I don't know what spirits they are, but they show up sometimes, you know, when I get too drunk. You know what I'm saying? You don't know who might show up, boy. And you do stuff that you'll never do when you're not under the influence. Anything that take you out of your right mind is against the Lord. Anything that gets you daisy or, or dizzy or, you understand, flustered is not God. Can we settle that in the church? There are no alcoholic Christians. Can we settle that? There are no drunk Christians. Can we settle that once and for all? Sipping saints. Yeah, I mean, just come on, y'all. I mean, come on now. Holy hookers. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay, all right. Let's, let's, okay, Pastor. Pastor, going too far now. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. <sighs> Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, or the O-R-G-I-E-S word. Let's keep going. And other sins like these. Folk doing some wicked stuff today, bro. You're not careful. They'll bring you into some foolishness, so evil. They don't have a problem having you and her and him and them and all of us. Wicked. 
y'all. But Jesus came to set the captives free. Jesus came to set the captives free. Jesus came to set us all free. We don't have to stay like that. I'm, I'm bringing information to you so you can understand, you understand, so you can know that this is not God. I'm talking to believers now, people that name the name of the Lord. Amen. A sinner should do all of this stuff and be happy about it. I know I was when I was doing it. Shoot, I ain't want to hear no gospel. Don't talk to me about no Lord. If that's you, that, I mean, hey, that's cool if that's where you want to stay. But I'm talking to the believers that's acting like this. You don't have a right to do that if you're going to be saved. Let me tell you again, not me, but that's what the scriptures say. It says, <laughs> let me tell you again as I have before. That what? What did it say? No, some people. Oh, no, just the good people. No, just the bad people. I don't do a whole lot of that. I do it every now and then, once a month, once a year. I mean, I ain't always doing it. Anyone living, know why it says living? That means lifestyle. Practicing. Because when you're practicing it, it will become a lifestyle. And, and that's how your, 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 your mind will get seared and you'll get confused. And because now what you believe you're doing is right because you've been practicing it so long that you don't have conviction that it's wrong. Very, very dangerous place to be in. Very, very, very dangerous place to be in. Anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Talking about a lifestyle. Talking about a lifestyle. We cannot be ruled or dominated by our flesh. We must crucify it. We must crucify our flesh. We must crucify it. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Thank you, Jesus. Works of the flesh, all these things, works with an S, fruit with no S, singular. Works of the flesh, plural. Fruit of the Spirit, singular, one fruit. One fruit with, with all these types of expressions. Let me locate all my believers with the fruit of the Spirit. With the fruit of the Spirit. Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Holy Spirit produces, I'm Holy Ghost filled, okay. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Number one, love. The most important, unconditional, agape love. Because everything else is really a product of love. Everything else I'm going to say is really a product of love. Without love, we can't do these other things. And without God, there is no love because God is love. Well, y'all, boy, y'all, y'all are so good. Y'all good class. I tell you, man, everybody get A's today. Everybody get A's today. The first one is love. Then it says joy. Come on. You not happy? What happened to your joy? You got the fruit of the Spirit? Where's your joy? Where's your joy? I'm good. You good? 
You sure? You all right? Everything going good? Need prayer? But I got the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying I'm walking around floating on crowds, but where's your joy? I would say the joy of the Lord is your strength. Where is your joy? Where's your peace? Stressed out all the time? You're in fear. Where's your peace? Where's the peace of God that surpasses all of your understanding? Where's your peace? As the fruit of the Spirit, this is what we have. We have love. We have joy. We have peace. Patience. And great day. I just told you I'd give it to you in a minute. <laughs> Can I get it now? I'm like, dang! <laughs> Where's your patience? I mean, just can you be patient? Just can you just be patient for a minute? Just no, I will no, no. Can you just be patient? <laughs> goodness. Kindness. Thank you. Kindness. Oh my goodness. Believers. This is a fruit of the spirit. Kindness. Are you kind? Kindness. Shouldn't you be kind? Some people that wake up mad. I mean, like, who, who you was fighting in your dreams last night? I don't know who did it to you. I mean, this, you know, well, I get my cup of coffee first. Well, if the coffee gonna make you happy, we got a problem. You got the Holy Ghost. You got Jesus. You got all this floating on the inside of you, and you can't be happy? Well, it's too early for this right now. What do you mean? He woke you up. Yes. Kindness. Just being kind to people. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you. See, this is how people go real. Man, I'm telling you. Let me listen to me, y'all. This is why I have people that's like in, in other nationalities that, you know, I go to the cleaners and, I, and, you know, I get my nails done and stuff like that. Man, she probably watching now. I know you're watching. You know what I'm saying? Because, uh, yeah, yeah. I gave her my band last week. They said, they got something for you. Gave her my, my church band. And she telling people about my program and everything. The nail tech from, from Vietnam. She loved Pastor AJ, Kingdom Life. So into my life. So into my kids' life. You know why? Kindness. Why, you got, why we got to be disrespectful? Why we can't be kind when we're patronizing people? Listen, even if they do something wrong, we can still be kind. Say it again. We can still be kind even if they did something wrong. Why the lady at the cleaners take my clothes? Hey Amen. I bring my clothes in there because I've been there so long. Oh, she, she roll the basket out, biggest smile. I dump my clothes in there. I didn't sit down. She separate all my clothes. You understand? If I need to go get some, she's like, oh, come on back here. I walk. I'll be the only one walking to the back. Well, I'm right beside her. She's going through the thing. You want them? Oh, no, that's too much. Get, I said, yeah, give me that one right there. Oh, no, no, I don't want that. Give me that one right there. Man, if you learn how to treat people. Just kindness. My kindness. 10% off. 
And I got like seven different things in the cleaners. I go over there. I was like, what she said, what you want? I said, I want jeans. No suits? You're in a suit? Then I try to get the shirts. And she looking at the weather like, oh, no, you don't need them right now. I said, you know what? You're right. I said, what else I got? She said, look. And I bought some one time. She was like, uh, this is new. I was like, how in the world you know what I got? You, you know all the clothes I bring here too? That lady said, this is new. Like, i never seen, never seen. I'm like, I've been, been coming to you since 2007. Never seen? She was right. That was the first time I bought it to the cleaners. <laughs> I just got it. I wore it. I bought it to the cleaners the first time. Like, oh, my goodness. Kindness, saints. You know how the world would be a better place if all the church. Listen, that, see, that's what I'm talking about, stop conforming. Where we just, if we live by the word, if we operate like the word, we could make the world better. Yes. But, but we flipping too. Yes. We cussing folk out. We throwing up the bird when they cutting us off. Come on, y'all. I make people smile when I give them a tip. We was out yesterday, the girl was like, first she didn't see it, then she said, ooh! Like she caught the Holy Ghost. <laughs> she was like, woo! Then I slipped a card to her, said, hey, why don't you come visit us one day? Acts of kindness. Kindness. I'm not going to read the other scripture. Let's go finish this. We'll, we'll pick that up next week. Kindness. Goodness. Goodness, man. Faithfulness. I was who could find a faithful man? This is, these are fruit of the spirit. Faithfulness. Listen, gentleness. Hey, man, what? Oh, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me apologize up, a, up ahead. You understand? Forgive me, Lord Jesus. Can we be gentle? Gentle. Gentleness and then self-control. Self-control. Because nobody else can control you. Self-control. Well, they made me do it. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Self-control. Oh, I did it because no, they shouldn't do it. Oh, self-control. I'm responsible for my response. I'm responsible for what I say. Self-control. You ride in the car, man, people cut us off, or they think I cut them off, and they going off on me. My wife's like, you cut them, baby? I said, I don't know. And I just be riding, I'm still talking to her. They coming by and looking all crazy and throwing up birds and all that. I'm like, man, you know what? I mean, I'm praying for them because they going through a lot right now. I mean, they, they getting really stressed out and worked up over this. And I'm over here all peaceful. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I hope they don't run over now. Lord, be with them. See, I'm, see, see stop looking at people as problems. And if you can see them as, you know what, we might need prayer. What can I help them with? When somebody do something out of character, it could, be, it could be something going on in their life. What could I do to help or impart some wisdom or instruction? Not thinking that, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, you know I'm, don't be that Christian that, I ain't been saved all my life now. Now, I mean, I'm saying, Jesus don't say what to do when you hit me on the other. This cheek and turn that one. He don't say what to do the third time. 
I done about had enough of this. Really? I'm so glad Jesus ain't have enough. They pulled his beard out. They slammed the crown of thorns on top of his head till his skull was crushed. They beat his back out. His face was unrecognizable. But he still kept going. He still kept going.